Oh boy, we made it. We got a frozen flip. Nick is late, but we're going to do this thing. We're going to keep it moving. And we're back with the man, the myth, the hardest working man. Can't even call it just Vikings internet. I guess it's all of football and nerd internet coming together. The good doctor, Eric Eager. How you doing? How you been? I thought you were talking about me. Oh, man. Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, I, you know, this is time of year. You know, you wish the Vikings were in the NFC East, but uh, you know, nonetheless, um, yeah, big week this week with Vikings Packers. And yes, Miles, not to leave you out. I don't have as many wonderful things to say about you. I mean, you got a great looking dog. You're awesome, pops. Zay is uh, crossing you up on his mini hoop. He's learning to dribble uh yeah i'm out great husband locked up adam Thielen that one time in high school ball <laughs> and there it is you know we got everything we're, we're good how's, how's it going man how you doing hey hey you hit it all at least one of us isn't going to get traded right like uh, no <laughs> um, no things are good things are good uh appreciate the shout out i do have a great family you you do you do you do you do and last but certainly not least the man, the myth, the legend, Flip out here putting in work, got the wood fern, and he's ready to uh, to fire off some takes. So let's do it. Let's not waste any time. Eric is a busy man, a lot of podcasts, yeah, well, a lot of appearances. Yeah, Go we, we got to talk Go about ahead. that intro music, man. That was some new, some new, did I miss, I, I got disconnected. Did I miss Miles doing the gritty, man? <laughs> <laughs> We had Eric doing the gritty. You know, he was playing okay. out of feeling while you were gone. I'm sorry I missed that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hop into it, man. Because uh, it feels like a lot of the talk about the Vikings of late has really been really forward-looking. And not forward into the rest of the season, but forward into the future. Because Vikings fans are fed up with what's going on. And when you're fed up, you know, the NFL sells you that hope that the, the draft is around the corner. And... You'll have a perfect draft, fix your team, be in contention next year. Before we start doing all that, I wanted to kind of level set and get Eric to give us the state of the Vikings right now. Like, how bad are they? Because Nick's not here, and maybe he'll be joining us in a bit, and so he can maybe defend those takes when he comes in. But you have Nick and others pointing out that, you know, the Vikings offensively, when you look at PFF grades, are grading out somewhat okay. They look like a decent offense. And we always talk about offense being more important when building a team than than the defense. And so, Eric, I just wanted you to help me understand, like, I guess starting on the offense, we know the defense is trash, but in totality, what is this team right now? Like, as you look at the Vikings, what are they? And, like, where are we good? And who is worth keeping around as trade rumors swirl? Well, they they're not like they're a bottom third of the league team, but I don't think it's. I think a lot of that has to do with the, like they're not a team that if you restarted the season um, and did a few things differently, couldn't be in the top half of the league. You know what I mean? Like Kirk Cousins is playing fine for you know for some you know there are there are a number of things that Kirk Cousins is doing well. It's just he's the wrong quarterback for this team. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson is a terrific prospect, but 
he's being asked to probably do too much if you want the Vikings to make the playoffs. Adam Thielen's, I think, a great number two, and eventually, hopefully, that's his role with the Vikings after Jefferson emerges. Irv Smith is a good piece. Dalvin Cook, obviously, is a good piece. They just are too fragile right now. Their offensive line, uh, there's always been a situation where that offensive line could be okay. We saw it last year. We saw it 2017. Those lines weren't any more or less uh, you know, talented than the one the Vikings currently have. Um, but you know, their schedule was tough with interior linemen early on. Um, and they, they, you know, they had injuries and those things snowballed. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball and, you know, if you got Jalen Johnson, you know, his rookie year, instead of Cameron Dantzler's rookie year, if you would have gotten, um, let's say Christian Fulton's rookie year and not, uh, Jeff Gladney's rookie year, then things could have worked out defensively. If Danell Hunter doesn't, you know, uh, need to sit out the season with a twinge in his neck, then maybe they're different up front. Um, you know, maybe they can convince, you know, uh, maybe Michael Pierce doesn't have to sit out, you know, this year. Maybe things are different. There's a number of things where I don't think the, they're not the Jets. You know, there, is a, there was a path to success this year. It just wasn't that likely, and they needed a lot of things to go right. And, you know, a few of the things went wrong, and it snowballed on the Vikings. But, you look at, you know, Tennessee's five and one and the Vikings took them down to the wire. Uh, Seattle's, I believe, five and one and they took them down to the wire. Uh, and, you know, they've had some poor performances as well, but this isn't an irredeemable team. This is just an irredeemable season, unfortunately. And they so just when unfortunately have... played good teams. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I guess, Eric, to follow up on that. So with not an irredeemable team, so what should we do? Because most of us, so most of us right now, if you go on, like most of the things we're talking about, we're talking about the draft. Vikings fans are caught up on every rumor there is out there. I think the latest thing is Harrison Smith uh, unfollowed the team. Wait a minute. He was never on social to begin with. So he was never following them. Now, maybe Adam Thielen's being you know, traded. Miles is out here trading Kyle Rudolph and, uh, and Riley Reef. Like, is this actually what we should be doing with this team, given that, they're not an irredeemable team, as you said. This season is just lost. Like, how should we actually move forward with things? Well, the, that's the hard part is, like, do you want to make this bet? Like, what do you have to do to make sure that this isn't the bet you're making every year? And I think that's really the fundamental issue with the Vikings is that 2017 was a magical year. I think we all had fun watching it. But it was it was one of those things where were we really sure that that was a sustainable way of winning? I mean, all, all 11 starters on defense in week one started the NFC championship game. That's pretty unlikely. Right. And, and the Jaguars actually have the exact same statistic and have fallen off defensively even more than Minnesota has. Um, and, you know, so my issue is I think you have to look at this thing differently. The Vikings for years have been a team that has, has, has essentially approached the casino with the with the goal of making a bunch of small bets and parlaying them together when winning in football is about making one gigantic bet on the quarterback and unfortunately like that requires i think a change in orientation in terms of the way people think about the vikings and it takes um you know probably a wholesale change in the sense that you know they're going to struggle against the cap they're going to you know there there are there are things Harrison Smith is probably not going to be good by the time the Vikings are good. Riley Reef's probably not going to be good by the time the Vikings are good. So that that's really the issue. I think there just needs to be an overhaul of the way that the Vikings think about 
um, things, but there are pieces that are going to be good the next time the Vikings are going to be good. And I think they have to sort of lean into those. Justin Jefferson mainly being the, the, the I think the biggest example of one. All right. So flip, we just had, you know, a viewer tell us that, you know, they use the phrase that I see a lot. Soft rebuild is what's in order. I guess flip, help me out. What do you think about this idea of a rebuild on the fly or a soft rebuild or just kind of not, maybe not stripping it down to the studs as, as people are talking about, but trying to retool the team as we go with some of the key pieces that Eric just mentioned. Yeah, I think Eric really, I mean, that was the most optimistic. Of course, the, once we start sucking, Eric gets all optimistic on us. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, for me, the re, the rebuild, the term rebuild does not mean tear it down to the studs. Uh, it means that something similar to what the Vikings did in 2014, where they rebuilt the defense around some key veterans. They re they they reinvigorated the offense again around guys like Kyle Rudolph, like some key some key guys, Adam Thielen on that side of the ball. So we can rebuild without just stripping every single piece, every single veteran off of the offense. The issue I have is there's no big plan. I mean, and they just they're making moves without a plan and this unique in Gawkway trade is the latest one i don't want to get too far into it right now but when eric says something like hey it was it, it's not a bad team but it's a bad season well if you're trading away a guy like unique it's it proves that you're looking at the past 4 weeks and you're not looking forward as much as you should be to the next 3 years so we need to see Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer choose a direction and stick to it no matter which way they want to go. But Flip, don't you think the Yannick trade was about the future in that the, the, the initial trade for Yannick Ngakwe was just ill, ill-advised, right? Unless yeah. they were just going to let him go because after the season, because I disagree. think about this Hunter Hunter is grossly underpaid for the player he is Yannick Ngakwe the chances that Yannick Ngakwe would have been as good as Hunter were very small but the chances that he was going to command a bigger contract than Hunter was almost 100 percent which means that in a in a cap strap team you were going to have to not only pay up for Yannick you were going to have to give Hunter a, a, a substantial raise. There was going to be no way right. that they were going to pay Yannick twenty million a year and pay Hunter fifteen or whatever he's making. So, it, so, so you there see Yannick as a win now move. You you saw that as a win I now saw move. him as a win now move. One hundred percent. Well, okay, it, that's the only way it makes sense, right? In in, in hindsight, right. right? That that they didn't think that Hunter was hurt that badly, and the Yannick was going to tide them over for the first, let's say, month of the year. And then they were going to come together and be a good pass rush duo because, because the Hunter thing is, or are you trading Hunter? But again, like that doesn't make a lot of sense given exactly. how much better, how good he is. So I agree with you hundred percent that they just lack a, they lack a coherent global plan about how to do right. this. But I think hundred percent that's because they are the wrong men for the job, you know, exactly. uh, Zimmer, Zimmer doesn't have the good, a long-term plan because like a long-term plan for the Vikings to be successful doesn't include him. Yep. And I think a point everybody's making here is 
what the Vikings have done is all they've done is do random all-in moves, like at random times. And you saw it before this season. You saw it before the 2016 season. You saw it the 2018 season. And obviously it feels like the the years that they're, uh, they don't compete, they, go, they try to go all-in. Um, you know, 2016 was obvious, the obvious move with Sam Bradford after a Teddy Bridgewater injury. They were like, well, we have a talented roster. Let's make sure we go get a quarterback and not waste this talented roster. Right. 2018, they said, well, we're going to bring in Kirk Cousins. We're going to get Sheldon Richardson. And we're going to bring in John D. Filippo. We're going to go all in because we were a game away from the Super Bowl. And then 2020, you look at it as, well, we have, I don't know. I don't know what they were looking at after they just traded Stephon Diggs. I honestly, after you had people like uh, Michael Pierce opt out, I don't know oh, how you nice. looked at this and said, I don't know how you looked at this and said, this is a team that's ready to compete this year. Um, probably because their jobs are on the line is my only assumption because you gave Kirk that extension and then obviously Zimmer and Spielman got the extensions, but what other, like the logic behind it doesn't make sense. They just didn't want to come into it as a lame duck season, even though it's turning into one. No, well, but they but, knew like some of the early moves show that they knew because I, I if, agree, but that's the thing is did they get pressure from ownership or whatever to say, well, we gave all these guys this new money and you're going to tell me that this is going to be a lame duck season. But I mean, it, how, it wasn't a great how are you okay with that? But the uh, the other hard part was, I mean, I, I gave a lot of Vikings fans flack for having, you know, sort of, um, you know, expectations that I thought were unrealistic. But I'm going to be honest, like, the betting markets had the Vikings as the favorite to win the division. And, you know, the simulations I had had, you know, Green Bay and Minnesota neck to neck. In some ways, like... It's sort of like this with COVID, too, where people are like, well, here's the realities of the situation. And then everybody's like, yeah, but we need to, you know, we need to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, yeah, but you, that doesn't mean that you can do it, right? Just because you need, I need a million dollars, but I don't, I, I, that doesn't mean I can get it tomorrow. Right. You know what I mean? And like, like you guys are saying, for Zimmer and, and, and Spielman, they needed to compete this year. And but right. that doesn't mean that they could. And when you looked at the last season, like with a sober eye and said, well, they faced Matt Moore, David Blau, Chase Daniel, you know, uh, Kyle, or was it? I can't remember which Allen, but Brandon Allen, like they went. And now you're looking at their like, do you really expect Kirk to go toe to toe on a weekly basis with Rogers Rivers, uh, Tannehill, Russell Wilson, Matt? Like those are quarterbacks who are as good or better than him. And, you know, they're just. And it was it was a tough thing for them, but yep. at the same time, the markets were looking at it and say, "Well, Green Bay was a paper tiger last year at thirteen and three. They had a worse point differential than the Vikings last year. The Lions are the Lions, and the Bears suck. Like the Bears, and the Bears are the worst five and two team in league history. And the, so, the problem is they didn't push all of their chips in. They pushed yeah. like half of them in. And and yep. Yep. and if they push all of this all their chips in and they fail in twenty twenty nobody here is going to be as upset as we currently are. The problem is, again, there's no, there's no cohesion. There's no, yeah. this is the big picture. And, I agree and with that. Well, how, do, how, do, how do you, how do yeah. That's part of the, that's part of the whole, the fact that, and I, I'm not, I'm throwing Spielman out of this because I think Rick has done good things and bad things, but I ultimately don't think he's an issue, but it's part of the whole Zimmer isn't the coach for the future thing. Cause there isn't, there wasn't a congruent approach to him being the coach and also being a long-term winner because 
you look at this thing and you're saying, okay, uh, why it, why they offered Xavier Rhodes a contract? Why didn't he come back? And why is he balling out in Indianapolis now? There's a little bit of toxicity there. Why is your best player being traded to the Bills? Now, granted, to Rick's credit, he got a good return for him. But you're you're he's coming off his best year. You ju- and then you trade him to a team with a worse quarterback and worse a worse city. Like all this stuff that Stefan Diggs should not want, he was <laughs> fine with. And we we can't we can't we can't let Rick slide, dude. This is a guy who who extended Kirk Cousins. What's yeah, the, the number the, one the Kirk thing? Kirk Cousins extension needs? is unconscionable, but especially well, when it came. Only because, like, your next move was to cut Josh Klein. And your next move was to ignore the offensive line for the fourth season in a row. When you know the quarterback you just extended needs arguably the best offensive line in the NFL to perform. The last last offensive lineman... the last offensive lineman the Vikings have drafted who made a Pro Bowl without being an alternate was... Bryant McKinney like it's just that's where you like Spielman deserves like Belichick at least goes out and knows can't draft wide receivers and trades for Brandon Cooks like there are there are things that you have to do to understand your limitations and like they continue to go to the well and they continue to swing and miss Bradbury was a bad pick O'Neal was fine O'Neal's been fine Elfline's bad I mean Drew Samia is a fourth round pick like he's drafted what one round after DK Metcalf like well, they keep drafting guys based on run blocking, I think is the first part of the problem. They keep looking for guys like even when we were, you know, looking back at these guys and 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 looking at it, like if you looked at the pass block grades for the guys coming out, like in PFF, like we just kept picking the wrong guys. But like, look at how great he gets that on like the screen. Like I don't care about that. Can he stand up and make a pocket for Kirk Cousins who can't move in the pocket? It seems like we never prioritize that. We keep prioritizing. Are they going to help Dalvin? And that's the wrong thing to be building your offensive line for if you're going to pay Kirk Cousins all this money. And yeah, like you know, the comment just said, yep. you know, that Saints game, and Eric, you've said it here, Miles, you've said it, Flip, you know, it's come up. That I Saints disagree. game, you know, you, you disagree, but it's come up. We've <laughs> talked about it. That Saints game feels like in the grand scheme of where the team has been going, probably a net negative. But Miles, you've been trying to get in here for a second before Flip comes back yeah. and, and tries to tear my head off. Miles, get in here and say what you I'm want just to say. Reconnect. <laughs> well, my so my assumption here is we know guys like Rick and Zim, they're doing everything in their power to uh, make moves for their job, right? Win games, make make moves to keep and progress their job. Uh, my assumption is Rick put, had to push for a Kirk extension in order to get himself and likely Mike Zimmer and extension themselves too. Cause if you're the Wilfs, you already knew that uh, Rick and Zim were tied to Kirk based off the first contract back in 2018. How in their right mind are they going to go into the season giving Rick and Zim an extension, but not Kirk and say, well, we might move on from Kirk at the end of the season, but you, you two are the ones that are going to be in place because we trust you, even though the quarterback that uh, we're going to let walk didn't work. We, believe, we have trust that you'll find the new one. So that's, in, in my opinion, a part of why Rick pushed for an extension for Kirk was it helped himself get a new extension and Zim get a new extension because they're all tied to Kirk. I mean, yeah. So, Miles, you've had some, yeah. some takes 
some things that you've, you've thrown out there. I mentioned a couple of them in terms of players you think should be gone. So I want you to kind of refresh our memory. Let us know what you've been thinking. And then I want Flip to hop in and kind of give his thoughts on why maybe we don't want this <laughs> and tell me why they shouldn't making any of those decisions. And let's talk about it. Well, so I'll start with the idea that what Flip's going to tell me is letting them make the like make letting uh, Spielman make the decisions on who go, comes and goes uh, moving forward. Well, the whole idea is if you don't view these guys as future future guys, you like uh, Eric touched on before, they're cap cap strapped heading into next season. They're already, I think, they're still over um, the amount of uh, allotted cap space that's expected to be um, allotted in twenty twenty one. Um, they still have, are still considered over the cap, I think. Um, so I think they need to make move. They, they need to make obvious moves to get out of you know out of the debt that they're in uh, moving forward. And I think a big part of that is making sure if they're going to move guys right now, they're going to move guys that they don't anticipate being on the roster next year, no matter who is on the regime, because they have to make moves to free up the cap space. And some of those guys that you don't see in the long term future. So what I wanted to touch on before too was. If you look at the current roster, how many players would you say are in the next two to three years are ready to hit their prime or aren't already past it? Because there aren't many. And so if you if you have guys on the current roster that are already past their prime, why do they need to stay in the team? Like what what keeps them? What where's that? Like like Eric alluded to before, those guys aren't going to be they're going to decline in and play over the next year, two to three years. Harrison Smith, Riley Reef, um, Adam Thielen, even though we expect him, I even expect Harrison Smith's game to still kind of play at a, a, a decently high level based off of what they do and their skill set. But at the same time, you can't expect them to play at the, for what Harrison Smith's making, what, 12 plus million dollars a year, uh, Thielen's at 16 plus million. Are they going to be worth that amount of money in two to three years? Probably not. Um, I understand the cost control, obviously, uh, Harrison Smith's in a contract year next year. So, um, but for me, the key guys, I mean, you look at Kyle Rudolph, he's a guy who's been on the teams. He's I think the longest tenured Viking now. Um, he's a guy that shouldn't be, he should not be playing, uh, and, and taking snaps away from Irv Smith is it at this point. And he's making like something like $9 million. He's a guy that's easy to move or should be easy to move. Riley reef is a guy that you don't anticipate as your future left tackle moving forward. The obvious question is what's Ezra Cleveland going to give you? You got to find out. You don't have a preseason to find it out. Um, you moved him to right guard for a game to because uh, Drew Samia was terrible and got hurt. Um, so you, you need to see what he has. In my opinion, you can't just go into next season and say, well, we think Ezra Cleveland's going to be our left tackle. So um, we're going to put him there. No, you need to try it now. You're, you're in a season where you're not going to win anything. You're not going to, you're likely not going to the playoffs. I think it's probably like a 95% chance you're not making the playoffs, 98, whatever the percentage is. Um, and then the last, the last, so why not move Riley Reef? Cause he's valuable. There's value there. Like teams need left tackles and he's played well this season. So uh, if you can get something decent for him, move him. That's a, uh, quite a bit of cap space to free up. And then the last one um, is Anthony Harris. He's a guy in the franchise tag right now. He is playing under, he's underperforming what he, you brought him back to be. And at the same time, you're not going anywhere. Your defense is bad anyways. You have, I guess, young safety and Josh Metellus that I don't expect anything from, but at least give him the opportunity to see what he could do on the field other than uh, special teams because you need to know moving forward what some of these young guys can do. And Anthony Harris, even though 
um, he might have lowered his uh, his price next year. He's not going to be. He's probably not. He's still going to probably command too much money that you're going to bring him back. So those are the three guys for me: Rudolph, Anthony Harris, and Riley Roof would be the top three guys I think the Vikings should consider heavily trading. They're not future guys. They're not guys that you anticipate building around. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm probably going to disconnect during this. You know, I, I, I there was a lot of, I disagreed with there. I, I saw an article today that had us trading away uh wide receiver, trading away safety, and then trading away defensive end for picks. And then had us drafting a wide receiver, drafting a guard, and drafting a defensive end. Like, come on, guys. We're, we're smarter than just analyzing these one-off moves. The reason you don't trade away Riley Reef is because if you're committed to building around Kirk Cousins, you need an offensive line. You need a Riley Reef. Well, that that's the that's the obvious the, question, Flip, is exactly what's the, what's the plan? What's the plan for 2021? If if they're moving guys like Riley Reef, if they're moving those guys, though, shouldn't that tell you that the plan should be to move on from Kirk Cousins in the offseason? Or at least yes. attempt to? Yes, but do we know that? Or are they just making this dumbass decision to go get a draft pick, but then they're going to try to keep Kirk Cousins? You can't make these one-off moves. It has to be one cohesive plan. And we used to be a team, both Zimmer and Spielman used to be they were part of a rebuild where we reconstructed a defense around veterans in 2014-2015. We phased Chad Greenway off the team over the course of two years, even when he showed signs of decline earlier than that. We moved on from Brian Robison. It took it was a four-year transition almost. We used to think three years at a time. We aligned an offensive rebuild with the opening of a new stadium. These are long-term future plans, and it comes with that view. And if we're just making these one-off decisions when we don't know who the quarterback is, when we don't know who the coach is, then you can't tell me that it's right to move on from a defensive end or a left tackle or a wide receiver. You have to know that. You have to know what the end goal is. And right now, but they're just you falling just, asleep at Didn't the you wheel. just say, Flip, but didn't you just say that Rick hasn't done anything for the O-line? He hasn't done anything to address the O-line, but you don't want to trade away Riley Reef? I if they if they if they're gonna build around Kirk Cousins, then yes, build around Riley Reef. Now, if I'm Rick Spielman, I'm gonna be like shit. I don't know crap about the offensive line, which means <laughs> that I shouldn't extend Kirk Cousins because those two things are combined. You have to you have to uh, put it so we're, together. So we're, we're we're past that situation. I think the idea needs to be about they're cash strapped. They don't have moves or money to make to keep a talented roster heading into 2021 outside of the young, the young talented guys we've seen. So what are you doing with a, a Riley reef and Anthony Harris and a Kyle Rudolph right now? Like what are they doing to help you in 2021? If you already can't keep them because of the cap situation and because yeah. you don't have money to be a talented team. And that's so what are you my, my, and that's why my solution is fire everybody. Get them all out of <laughs> here and let the new guy come in and say, I want, I want Rudolph. I don't want Reef. I want Harris. I don't want Hunter. Let him make sure. the decision with a three-year plan. 
if Rick and Zim start to put together a three-year plan, maybe that can even work. But this one year, this one week decision-making process, it's cratering the team and it can get worse if we're just, there's failed rebuilds all over the NFL. So this can get worse if they don't start thinking long-term cohesively. So Eric, you mentioned like the only thing that matters is is the quarterback position. Like if you're really thinking about stability and winning over the long term, the only thing that actually matters is the quarterback position. You can do a lot of things. You can catch a flash in the pan type season. A guy can get hot. Maybe you win um, a Super Bowl based on kind of get it lucky. But like if you're looking to build an actual team that competes over the long haul, you need a quarterback. And you don't just need a quarterback. You need a very, very good quarterback, maybe even an elite quarterback. And I feel like even Kirk's family at this point is in a group. Kirk actually agrees. I mean, he says he calls himself a 500 quarterback. He knows he's not an elite guy. Everyone knows Kirk Cousins is an elite guy. And most everyone before Kirk got here said that paying Kirk Cousins a bunch of money was not a good decision. I mean, it's such a bad decision. Not even Washington would make that decision. Which really, really, as a Vikings fan, hurts. Washington me too traded much. their or, best defensive player and a third round <laughs> pick so that they could pay Alex Smith ninety million bucks. Yeah, as and opposed not pay to her cousin. Yeah. So as we move forward, like if we're thinking about like rebuild with this team, what we should be doing, I guess help me understand how we should really look to address the the quarterback position because Nick has mentioned a couple of times, and I know it's you know it gets people fired up when he says it. But he says, you know, and he's statistically, if you guess if you're going with the averages, he's not wrong. That you're Kirk. not likely to get a quarterback who's better than Kirk Cousins if you go and you draft a quarterback to replace Kirk Cousins. Eric, help me understand why we should do that anyway. Well, because Kirk has never been a quarterback of a bad team. So we don't know. I mean, the time that we have as Kirk Kirk on a bad team is 2014, and he was garbage. He got benched for Colt McCoy um, a, after he took over for RG3. You know, most of the time in Washington, there was enough around him to, to have him play eight and eight football and be competitive most more often. He's never been asked to elevate an entire team. And I agree with Nick. When you look at the numbers, like Kirk is not Kirk, – Kirk puts the right inputs – in puts the it right inputs into all the variables. The problem is, is that there are, and I, I hate to say this, but there are like, there are certain aspects of that type of quarterback play that you can't win with. It's, it's Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, right? Like we're already seeing San Francisco's in last place in their division and they're winning, you know, they're, they won more than they lost despite their quarterback and just a few perturbations to the system, namely the defense dealing with a lot of injuries, and and the other teams in their division playing well, they're not a Super Bowl contender this year. And like that's kind of like the ceiling for Kirk was what San Francisco was last year. And if you're the Vikings, do you really want to make that bet? Do you really want to, you know, think about what had to happen for San Francisco to compete last year? Their quarterback had to get hurt. They had to get a number two pick. They had to, you know, get a Nick, Nick uh, whichever Bosa, Nick Bosa. They had to get Sherman's best year of his career in his 30s. And they had to have two really good play callers. And all of that stuff, like, do you really want to say, okay, I'm going to put all my chips into the Kirk basket, and I also need all these other things to work out just for him to sort of just barely get me over the hump of being a good team? Like, I, whereas you can say, okay, look, 
I'm going to take a bunch of swings at this quarterback position. And let's think about the outcomes. One outcome is that the guy's Mahomes and nothing matters and you're good for a long time. That's not likely, but it it's one of those. The other one is the guy's Kirk Cousins, but you know what? He's making a third of what Kirk Cousins is making. And I don't need to be perfect everywhere else on the team because I have the money now to overcome Kirk's Kirkness, right? And the third one is he's Sam Darnold on a bad team. But I'll take those odds because that was what was really the allure of Kirk Cousins was in a team that was good, he fit in nicely and kept them good. But with the the money that he's making, there's never the guarantee that you're going to be that good for that long. Like things erode, right? You lose Rhodes, you lose Alexander, you lose Waynes, you lose Everson Griffin. And now not only are you making not only are you paying a huge money line for Kirk, you're also praying that all these long shots happen. And when you go into it with a young quarterback at key, at, key posi- at key positions too. Not just at like key posi- random. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at the pairs in this league, right? So Miles Garrett makes a ton of money. Why can he make a ton of money? Because he's paired with Baker Mayfield, who plays another primary position that doesn't make a ton of money. Nick Bosa, or sorry, uh, Joey Bosa in LA makes a ton of money. Why? Well, he's paired with Justin Herbert slash uh, Tyrod Taylor, who don't make a lot. You need your premium positions to be paired in that way. Yeah. Um, you know, San Francisco is the same. You know, uh, Bosa's cheap, Garoppolo's expensive. Like, with the Vikings, it's like, well, actually, like they, you know, now it, now you're going to have to get a new edge player. Well, okay, we have to draft those guys pretty high. Uh, do you really want to pair the 15th overall pick edge player with Kirk? No, what you want to do is pair Daniil Hunter with the second overall pick quarterback is what you want to do. And mm-hmm. like, to me, that's that's really where the Vikings come up short. I, I think Kirk's a fine quarterback at the right price on the right team. And the problem is he's not being paid the right price and he's certainly not on the right team. So well, my question is, is he, is oh, he really, ahead, was he really ever, my whole thing is he came to a really talented roster and I, I understand the coaching situation that came in in 2018. I understand some of those things. Even when he was on the most talented roster he's been on in his career, even last year, they were a talented team. Things still had to go perfect for him to go 10 and six. Yeah. And I know, I know if Kirk had played against the bears, they'd probably go 11 and five. Fine. They're still in the same situation. They're a six seed going to New Orleans, so that doesn't matter. Like, you can give me all that all you want. And they still won the game. Great. But, like, did at any point last season, did we, did the, we ever think the Vikings could make a, even a 49ers-type run to the Super Bowl? We didn't. At the, at the Vikings' best under Kirk, we knew that they weren't going to do anything other than win a playoff game or two and get lucky in a lot of those cases. I'd prefer to be better – better than lucky i guess like i'm just sick of the everything needs to line up in perfect situations for this team to make a deep playoff run and even then it's even it's still hard to make a deep playoff run so i think we are all on the fire kirk bandwagon here he's the hardest one to fire though but i'm saying i'm not saying fire kirk i'm saying fire everybody because (laughs) if we're gonna go with a new quarterback then I just don't want a new quarterback with a crap roster. I want a new quarterback and a coach and GM who are going to build to suit that quarterback, just like well, so here, they do in Baltimore, my question just with, like they do in Kansas City. Carolina. Who's the current ones that, like, but, like, who, Flip, here's my question for you. Like, 
who on this roster outside of we know the young guys like Irv, Je- Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, like those core really talented players, Brian O'Neill, um, Janiel Hunter, Eric Hendricks, out of that, af- after that, who are you like considering as like really good players to keep at high price at prices that like make you a competitive team though? So that's my I, I question. Get, no, but my, my answer is, I don't know because I don't know which quarterback they're going to want or which quarterback they're going to get. And by waiting to, to get a new GM, a new coach, you say, we're going to go get Trey Lance. We're going to go get Justin Fields. Then you start to make those decisions. And the benefit you get from selling now midseason to selling at the end of the season isn't that isn't big enough to say, I'm going to build directly with what Justin Fields needs to win championships, or I'm going to build directly to what Trey Lance needs and understanding those needs. That's what they did in Kansas city. That's what Cliff Kingsbury is doing in Arizona. Maybe it won't work, but that's the direction that they're taking. Yeah. There, there's an element of the fact. I was just going to ask you, because another thing that this came up for me there is, and I know that you've been kind of pulling them and occasionally kind of, you know, dropping teases here on the timeline, but just from a play calling standpoint right now, like who are the play, who are the people that are out there that are interesting that maybe we should have our, our eyes on as Vikings fans. If we are, as Flip says, firing everybody, who are the play callers that are the ones we would want to take over for our Vikings who are putting their quarterbacks in situations to be successful that, you know, if we were going to have that bridge year type situation and bring in a young guy, like who are the people putting their, yeah, putting yeah, their, their, their offensive players in the, in the best situation to be successful? Because I think we're all in agreement that we don't need another defensive coach because if you're good, then your OC is gone and you're installing a new system every other year. We want that, conti- that continuity. We want the offensive uh, co- coach paired up with the quarterback. Who are the guys we should be looking at right now? Here are the, the top 13 offensive play callers in my metric. Joe Brady, which I think is a pretty obvious one. Chan Gailey, Dolphins, Fitzpatrick. Andy Reid, Cliff Kingsbury, Greg Roman, John Gruden, who's actually doing a very good job with Derek Carr's limitations. Shanahan LaFleur, Arthur Smith, Byron Leftwich, Kevin Stefanski, Kellen Moore, which I think Moore has dropped a lot over the last few weeks. But And then our old friend, Daryl Bebel. Um, I, I think the philosophy, so it always has to, you look at all these guys, what's the number one thing? They all get more out of their quarterback than what they're given, right? Uh, Brady has Bridgewater, who we all love, who I think is playing tremendous football, um, best football of his career. Gailey has Fitzpatrick. They're in the playoff hunt in the AFC. Reed has Mahomes, who, you know, is an amazing quarterback. Kingsbury as well. Uh, Roman's doing things with uh, Josh Allen that no one thought were, was possible, et cetera, et cetera. That has to be the that has to be the 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 mindset of the next coach. the The mindset of Mike Zimmer is: Look, you're a necessary evil, and you just need to get the fuck out of my way and let me coach defense. And to me, that's not the way to handle a quarterback. And to and to me, that's why I don't think he's a long term as good as he's been. And he'll go down. What is he like? The third winningest coach in Vikings history, like behind uh grant and green like he'll 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 be good like i i don't i don't view his i don't view his time in minnesota as as particularly bad 
I just I think it's that his better? time is up. Is that am, yeah. am I hearing a Nick Olson in the background? Is our man in the truck trying to bring other people onto the broadcast? Because if so, <laughs> we can't see those other people, but we hear more voices coming from on high. David, what's cracking? Oh no. Eric, I, I agree with you, Eric, by the way. I think I think the idea of having your head coach be someone that's I mean, the old the over idea is the head coach is supposed to be responsible for everything, right? Rather than one side or the other. But at the end of the day, if it's gonna be responsible for one, let me have the head coach be responsible for the for the offense because because at least then the head coach, if you if you have a promising young offensive coordinator, they get plucked, you at least keep your infrastructure in place on offense. And I think that's an important piece that we continue to miss is the Vikings have been through so many OCs. Zim's a problem with that though, because it's not just him losing good OCs. He's also scared away OCs or like push them away yeah. rather than he also keeping doesn't the infrastructure like to divvy the, He doesn't like to divvy the credit at all. Right. He, he, he right. never, he got there mad he that there he, he got mad. <laughs> <laughs> he got upset that, that Shermer got his own head coaching job too early. Right. He got upset at Stefanski. Never want to give Stefanski credit for anything. All the good OCs <laughs> in Minnesota have left. All the crappy ones have gotten fired. Yep. Yeah. All right. We're gonna have to. We have to pause the show for just a moment here because the man, the myth, the legend, part two, the other doctor on the show, Nick. Man, how you doing? Can Nick hear us, David? Because we can see Nick. He's looking quite awkward. Can you hear me? Oh, we, oh, yeah, we, we can. can hear you now. Now we can hear you. No, I can hear How's you. How's it going, man? No one else. <laughs> Smile, going, man, man. Are you good? Yeah, I don't know that Nick can hear us. He can hear, he can hear David, but nobody else, which is <laughs> amazing. <laughs> We'll have David just translate the questions Yo, to him or something. Let's just get Nick doing the gritty while we keep on talking. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone can hear and see me, but I can't see them. Like Big Brother yeah, or that something. That is exactly what's happening right now, Nick. Exactly. All right. Well, we've, we, we've talked a bit about, you know, kind of what oh we think in terms of the team building philosophy. Because um, I know Eric's got to go probably do his, his, his 20th appearance of the day. And the Vikings do play a game. Uh, Eric, before you have to drop out, give me your thoughts on uh, yeah the upcoming matchup, how the Vikings will match up with the Packers. Always a big game when these teams face off. What are you looking for? I, I'm kind of a huge jerk when it comes to this. I <laughs> I I met I have DM threads with some of my friends. There is one that I sent to a particular media member, um, and and I quote. The Vikings, the Vikingest thing for them to do is to melt down against the Falcons and then to give the Packers a game. I feel like they're going to give the Packers a game. <laughs> you know, like the there are six and a half point dogs. The betting markets have loved the Vikings this week. They opened as seven point dogs. Um, Green Bay's banged up. Minnesota's coming off of a bye. I may or may not have the Vikings this week. And I almost never have the Vikings, which is weird. Um, against just, you know, or, or against the spread, against the spread. against the spread. Like I almost yeah, okay. never, 
I think I had them against Dallas last year, and that was fun. Um, and obviously, you know, but the I, I think they match up okay here. You know, the Packers are, I think, a little bit of a you know they're. I don't know though. Part of me though is like, who's going to get pressure on the quarterback? So I, it's a tough one. I, I think Kirk. It, it all comes down to Kirk. I think if Kirk plays well the whole game, they'll be in it the whole time. Um, if Kirk plays poorly and it depends upon their defense, then I, you know, you, unless they come out with like a Seattle like game plan that puts a lot of pressure on Rodgers via the blitz and they double team Devontae Adams, like it's going to be tough for their defense just like it was week one. But I, I think they battle here. I, I don't think they quit on Zimmer. I don't think that they they, 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 they lay, lay down here. This isn't the game that gets Zimmer fired. The game that gets Zimmer fired is when they go home and lose to the Lions. Like that's like, But the, this game, I think they'll play hard. One week later. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Let's try it again. Nicholas, can you hear us? Nope. I guess not. So, David, you make the call, but – Nick definitely can't hear a word we're saying. So unless you want to ask Nick his thoughts on uh, the Packers game and what he thinks is how this thing is going to go down, maybe we can try that. Get some thought from Nick, or are we just going to wrap this thing up with the originals who can can actually talk to each other? Oh, man. It's going to be a bloodbath is what I think. (laughs) There we go. We got Nick. The Vikings corners are struggling so much. And Devonte Adams should be healthy, and he just went off for what 200 yards last week. So they're rearing and ready to go, and that defense is really good, and they've got a lot of different ways they can beat you as pass rushers. Uh, Jair Alexander's really good, and they've got ways to roll safeties and to help out. To, I think to shut down whoever the number two guy is. Probably still Justin Jefferson now, considering um, Thielen is probably still the number one guy yet, but that might change soon. So yeah, I I don't know. I, and not to mention Rodgers is looking like. It's crazy to say, but this looks like maybe the best season of his career, arguably, which is insane cons- considering how high his peaks were in, the, in his previous MVP years. So, uh, yeah, they should be heavily favored, and it doesn't help that it's in Green Bay. So, um, I, I mean, I don't know. Anything can happen in football. I wouldn't, like, completely count the team out, and I would, I would as much as I would love to see the Vikings, like, sort of tank just enough to get, a, like, their next – franchise quarterback i think it's going to be a rough going so um yeah i think the packers are are favored heavily in the betting markets i think they should be favored very heavily so um it will probably be a pretty painful game to watch guys mark this occasion i was more positive about this game than nick was i mean (laughs) this is like classic (laughs) eager you like you you feel at home but we're asking kirk cousins to outdo aaron Rodgers. In an away game against a divisional rival on a grass field, <laughs> a good, a good, a good divisional rival too, like a yeah. talented team. Yeah, Mike Zimmer's about to lose four divisional games in a row, and people still want to keep them. It's that's wild. But they were wild they were com- to me. But but here's a thought though. I mean, they were competitive against Seattle. How much better is Green Bay than Seattle? I, I, but like. They're competitive, great, but they again. My whole thing is they're not winning these games. It was like no, no, four hundred yards I'm rushing. Thinking, <laughs> I'm like, thinking about that. And that third that quarter was do they garbage. Lose, do they lose by? Do they lose by six or less? The way Seattle wanted question. to run their offense, though, allowed them to scheme up a masterful plan yeah. to shut that down because they like to just go deep. And I think that Zimmer was able to just kind of out scheme their offensive coordinator in that game. I think that 
in this situation, I don't know. I feel like Russell Wilson will run himself into some sacks a little bit more frequently than Aaron Rodgers will. And I just, I don't know. I think that they're able to move who's, who's rushing, who's and, rushing the passer? and use him yeah. <laughs> in more varied ways than just sprint down the field and we're going to lob one up to you. I think that they'll move him around, put him in the slot, and he will just feast against whomever we put out there against we him. Is why I feel like this will be a little different. Okay. DJ I mean, I, I, would, I would come back with, with – with, look at the Seattle has two really good wide receivers and the Packers have one. We're just trying Ooh. to get Zimmer fired, dude. Just let us have I know. it. I'm, t- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, pe- people compare. They're like, oh, we need we need a stable coach like Pittsburgh. Like Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing se- se- season in Pittsburgh. Like, even Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati, the second he went under 500, he was out of there. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> it's a wrap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right, Miles. Bring up. us home here. Bring us home here. Rest of the season. What do you think this thing looks like? I guess first, we know what we would like to have happen. Tell me what you me think is going to happen as the Vikings go to the trade deadline and then as they play out the rest of their games. I think the trade deadline, I, I expect at least one more player to get moved i think they're looking to shed cap um cap space so they can roll over to next year because again they are cash strapped for a team that's not good they have no cap space and no future cap space like there's no there's nothing on the horizon that you're like excited about because they have no money um people love to say the cap is a myth well it's, it's not, not. <laughs> um and <laughs> so i think i think at least one one other player like i guess i'll call mid to high level tier player will get moved um and then I think looking forward to the rest of the season, and I think who that player is, it'll be either Riley Reefer, um, I think Harrison Smith. I think it'll be between those two players. I'm not saying I want it. I'm just expecting it. Um, and I think I think Harrison Smith's like the sneaky one because I believe he low-key wouldn't be mad if he got traded because I think he might be over the, the, the situation anyways. Um, he, the Vikings he was the three, one that should have been traded the whole time. The whole time. He was the one that should have been traded the whole time. Who, Harrison? Yeah. Yeah, and in the offseason, I I just thought, yeah, like, he was always going to be worth – he and Reef are both worth more to another team than they're worth to the Vikings at this point. Yeah, 100%. So those are the two names I think I'd expect a potential deal to happen. The Vikings have three straight divisional games. Do they win any of them? Uh, Doubt it. Uh, I think the only game that they they have a chance of winning is Detroit just because – uh, they find a way to play well against Detroit, but in Chicago on Monday night, Kirk doesn't win Monday night games, um, so that's not happening. Uh, the Cowboys, I think maybe they win that. They probably win that game because out of all the teams that are worse than the Vikings, the Cowboys are legitimately worse than the Vikings, and it's not close, um, which is crazy to think. Um, is there a trade that, deadline for coaches? Uh, yeah. Is there Can what? You trade a coach? Is there a nope. trade deadline for coaches? Like. Can we, nope, if we lose in Dallas, can we just leave Zim there? <laughs> yes. Oh, yo. Oh, dude. Yo. Let's go. Hey, flip, 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 fl
everything going perfect. I believe they have a chance to at splitting the, the Lions. Um, I think they beat Detroit, and I think they beat a team like uh, Jacksonville. Other than that, I don't really see this team beating any of these other teams. Okay. Born twelve. Hopefully we see, like, maybe we see Jake Browning or something soon just to, I don't know, show Kirk, you know. <laughs> Lock in the tank, you know. Yeah, got to. I mean, the the Jag- Jaguars considered benching Gardner Minshew, so you got you to gotta kind of up your game a little bit. All right, flip. Before because we can wrap this up to get Eric out of here. Oh, oh no! I thought you were fr- frozen. You were just being uh, real no. cool with it. All right. No, sorry. Let I'm, I'm falling asleep at the wheel like Rick Spielman has been doing <laughs> all freaking year. Flip. Oh, you know, it's uh, I mean, as far as Mike Zimmer, simple. He needs to go seven and three down the stretch or get out of my state. Uh. We need to see the young guys. We need to see Kirk look good enough to be tradable. Uh, we need to see young offensive line, Ezra Cleveland, at left tackle as soon as possible. Kick Reef inside. Been saying it for eight months now. Uh, let's see. Let's see Jeffrey. If you're going to kick him inside, just trade him. Trade him. If you're going to kick him inside, trade him. Well, you can't trade him because you don't know if they're going to keep Kirk. If you're going to kick him inside, trade him. <laughs> Why is he here? Why is he here to play left guard at at at, at his number then? Why? Be, trade him. Because you, you got to build around your quarterback. And you're telling Hello, me Riley guy. Reef's the guy to do it? At left I mean, guard? At, left at, guard? Least for, at least for two years. At least oh, no. for two years until you get a real quarterback in here. Flip, flip. you sat up here all offseason and told me that Riley Reef needed a pay cut. And now he's yes. playing better. He's, he's playing above. He's, pay, he's playing above his current contract at eight million dollars. And now you're saying kick him inside, and you're telling me that he shouldn't. He shouldn't be gone. What? We flip. We gotta. We gotta get the best offensive line in the league if we're gonna build around Kirk Cousins. Oh, and you can't do that mid You were telling me. You were telling me Riley Reef was never a part of that because he was making too much money, and now he's not. And now he's a part of your long-term plan? What? No, he's what? only a part of the long-term plan if we're building around Kirk Cousins, which I never oh, well. wanted to do in the first place. <laughs> and trade, trade Riley Reef and let it go. All right, Eric. All right, Eric. You want to see, you you see Oli Udo and, and Bruce and Mia protecting Kirk Cousins? Like, you know what's going to happen, viewers, bro. Give the people what they want. Our viewers want it. Let's see. But, Eric, before you got to drop, what are your thoughts on how this season should play out as we go? I think they'll probably end up 5-11, and 4-12. And, um, and I think they'll uh, – I'm on board with Flip. Uh, just clean house. Move on. Everybody. Um, everybody, is, as yeah, Flip said. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> this is a lot of fun, though. All right, there it is. And uh, David, can you can you just awkwardly put Nick back up on the screen if he still can't hear us? Can we just get like an awkward shot of Nick, just like full screen, waiting for his chance to talk? No, we can't get <laughs> yes, that. Yes, yes, you can. Hold on. Okay, just one last awkward shot of, of of Nick, and then you know we can we can. Oh no, there's Flip. There's me. <laughs> I don't know who that is. There's Nick. All right. 
That's what happens when you're the last one to show up to the show. You end up on Skype. Mm. We can't see you on the live stream. Now I don't know who these other people David has up on the screen. And so I think that's the time. I can hear hit everyone. Hit the horn. Hit the gala horn. Hit the horns. Hit the gala horn. Mm. Gentlemen, thanks for coming on. Listeners, viewers, thanks for sticking mm. with us. And that's it. We'll be back to talk to you again next week. Have a good one. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Roll, everybody.